The I Am Independent podcast with Loretta and Bianca. Stories, advice and discussions to resource, encourage and support independent music artists. Thank you so much for listening to the I Am Independent podcast with Loretta and Bianca. This week we have part two with our conversation with independent singer, songwriter and all-round amazing artist Jake Isaac. Last week he dropped some complete gems for us and there's loads more where those came from. So sit back, relax and enjoy. I asked you... um before we started recording, um, because you're one of the only artists we've spoken to on the podcast that's had the unique position of being signed um, and being independent as well. And I asked you about the percentage of that and, and over your career so far. Uh, and by the way, it's so incredible and encouraging to hear that you're still learning new things about yourself and your art. I think that's just wonderful and inspiring to hear um, that we, you know, we've never arrived, we can evolve. Um, but yeah, you, you said that you would say that probably 80% of your career has been independent, which I think is so important for people to hear because I think often, you know, not so much today, but back in the day, certainly being signed was the be all and end or it was the holy grail. And to be honest, many artists that were signed, if they then became not signed anymore, we would never hear from them again. Um, you've had a, a sustainable career um things may change I'm sure things have been disappointing in various different things along your journey but um what would you um I guess what would you say now that you can that's happened to you a few times you've had those experiences what were the main pros and what were the main cons of both of being a signed artist with a team behind you a label behind you and uh, and of being independent um, I, th- I think the the pro is um, on your own. On your own, you go fast. Together, you go further. So when you have a team, you 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 can you can get to places that you might not be able to get to. Like for example, the last time um, I was on a major uh, was with Universal, and I had radio pluggers in countries I'd never even been to. Um, I did TV like TV promo. I mean, I've done the. TV bit here and there, but like full on, hey, we've got TV promo for you. I'm like, what? You know, you have to play. It. Obviously, I was just like, oh yeah, cool. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, um, so I think that, that that's an obvious pro. Um, also, I had touring budget. Like, I'm used to just finding money, saving my pennies, and paying my musicians and cracking on. And there was actually a tour budget, and then um, and that, and that that really helped, and we were able to do like a full on maybe 18 day tour across Europe. Um, so yeah, there's pros and also, and also there was money to make an album, like to go to town. I had that album made, like mastered at Abbey Road. Like it was, it was, a, it was, it was cool. And also the A&Rs that signed me, they gave me full, um, just creative liberty to just do what I do. They, and when I said, oh, do you want to recommend a producer? I said, why? We're not signing you for another producer. Like you can make your own music. They're kind of saving money by doing it that way, but, um, and I think I think those are those are some good pros, um, and then um, the, on the flip side, I think you one of the things which because I wasn't used to it 
is that when you have an idea, it has to go through a load more people mm. rather than it just being you and your manager and your PR person. Or do you know what I mean? Um, it has to go through a lot. A lot more people need to be like, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. You know what I mean? And you're just like, <laughs> um, so that, that's that's and that's hard. Um, I think the other thing is, um, you. Everyone's happy. Everyone's pumped to be doing it. It's like, yeah, we're gonna take over the world. It's gonna be huge. And then when it doesn't quite do that, it's like people are going, yeah, I, 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 I don't know, I don't know, and that can knock your confidence. Mm-hmm. It didn't. It didn't work out that way with me, but I've seen it again with so many other friends. Um, and when you're in big organizations, big um, uh, uh, companies like that. Um, those things happen on a daily basis. All of us, one minute everyone's for you, next minute it's like, oh, what's your name again? Um, and so that's hard. Um, but um, I think my, when I look at being signed compared to not being signed, the one thing that I always did by default was I was the hardest working person on my team. I made, like, so I, I acted, and I think maybe because I waited so long to be signed, I was just like, oh, stuff this, man, I'm just going to do my thing. So when it did come, I was like, oh, oh, okay. And I just, but still nothing changed. I was like, cool, well, I've got to make a record. Cool. How do I want this to come across creatively? Cool. And I phoned my manager and said, yo, bro, can I, can we sort out a meeting with their marketing department? I just want to talk about, what's the actual marketing budget? Listen, because I'm thinking of doing it this way. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, all right, all right. And he phoned him, oh, yeah, cool, we had some ideas. Yeah, let me hear your ideas then. And, and I've told you my ideas. So I'm, I was, in, in many, in, like in a management situation, the artist gets 80%, the manager gets 20 So the artist needs to work 80% harder. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, it just needs to correlate. Um, and with the, with the, with the label, I'm, it's, it's on my tab. If this tanks, I get dropped. So I'm going to be the hardest working person in the room. So I'll, I'll pick up the phone, I'll throw my a and be like, yo, bro, what's, What's the deal? I'd never left it to my manager. If I had an issue uh, with the way an artwork looked or whatnot, be the hardest put working person in your career. Um, that's worked for me, whether signed or not signed. Mm-hmm. And that's why when those contracts came to an end, in fact, my universal contract came to an end because the label I was with got shut down. Um, who knows? I might have still been with them. But I'm not. And I'm with an indie now, and it's I'm working great. Um, so I'm I'm enjoying the journey. It's interesting to hear that because I feel like obviously I've known you for years as a friend, but even looking at your career, it's felt to me like you've always had an independent artist mentality, even when you were signed. And I almost sure. feel like that's how you've had the most creative ideas, but also how you've been able to have carry on and pick yourself. I mean, she, I mean, I'm sure when things didn't go as planned, it was still gutting, but so I'm not saying it didn't affect you, but many people are devastated when they put all their eggs in that one basket and kind of sat back and said, now make my career for me. But I feel like you never fully took your hand off off the the reins or or handed them over. Mm. And do you think that is why you've been able to go, I'm going to keep on doing this rather, or was there ever a point when you're like, oh, maybe this is the end for me? Mm. I think... Um, firstly, I never, I never started making music, and I said it at the beginning. I never got into the whole music thing to get signed, and I had to remind myself of that. 
especially when I was fed up with the A&R meetings, I never got into this music thing to get signed. I got into this music thing to reach as many people as possible and build a fan base. One of the things I love about Ed Sheeran is he measures his success on how many tickets he can sell for a venue. He doesn't measure it on, on, that's what I heard. In fact, I think we might have had that conversation and he said that, that's maybe what I heard. Maybe he, maybe he said that. So it like the streams are cool, one billion streams cool. But if he can sell out Wembley for three nights, then he's cool. <laughs> um, and so I, my, the signing was, it's just a part of the, the journey. Um, I'm not a control freak. I don't have to have my hands on them. I just want to work hard. I just want to work hard. Um, and on the, on the other hand, the whole vulnerability thing, I was open with the people that I worked with so that I could trust them and they could trust me. They knew who they were dealing with. Um, and that, that's it, really. That's it, really. That, that was, yeah, that's how I saw the whole process and that's how I approached it. Um, I would love to ask you um, some questions that would be great if you could, if you can answer it practically, you might have a different way of answering them. But um, there's two different things. Um, as we spoke about you being strategic in your thinking and when you're doing things and you've had the marketing sort of background in terms of your education. Like I noticed that you, and you said it, but you don't do anything. You don't just do something like put out something or do a gig. It's usually like you're doing the, nothing has happens in isolation. You're doing this because you're going to do that because you're looking six months time because you're going to do this that, and the other which like can you talk about that from your perspective and then also your approach to live in terms of um how do you if you're going to be solo if you're going to be the band like practically how do you make sure you have a great gig um and i know you study um but if there's anything practical you can give around that yeah. like, so um, like strategic thinking like you don't do anything in isolation so okay. what's your process and how would you um, help someone practically if you're giving them yeah. advice so I we don't we don't save money if, if we if we want to go on holiday we don't just end up rinsing out Starbucks or going Nando's every weekend do we? we like we're strategic with our money to reach that end goal and so um, anything we do is always strategic towards that end goal. And so I see when I do a project, I like, I, I say this thing to my all the time, like I, if, the worst thing for me is when I can't see, I need to, I need to, I like to see two, two years ahead. Like, okay, if I'm dropping an album, I just finished an EP and then I had a live thing come out after that. Cool. Now's a good time to pause, finish off this album. And then I can see this app, this next, this next single coming out here. Cool, that sinks with the top. It's, it, um, I feel like I'm building towards a goal. I don't know. I don't know where the holiday destination is, but I'm building towards that that moment. Um, and so I, I, it's just it's every step is followed by another. So think of the first step. I'm sorry. Think of the following step. Does that make sense? Um, like the, the, that's that's it's there's. In my mind, there's no other way to think. It's, it's weird. I can't explain it. It's just like a don't don't pick up something for no reason. Like, what's the point of doing that? Um, um, and and I think that is driven again by man. These people listen to my music. Cool. How can I get them going? Mm. I love that. Like, I love like with this new album I'm working on. I'm like, 
man, people might not have heard me like this before, but I'm I'm being I'm trying to be super I'm tr- I'm actually trying to be super vulnerable, man. Cool. What would happen? How can I be even more transparent with these people? Not in an uncomfortable way, but why don't I do more just stripped back acoustic stuff with just me on my own? That's like the height of vulnerability, no? Cool. Well, let's do that then. All right. How should I package that? Because people are gonna. What's a real personal touch? Vinyl. Vinyl's quite personal. Already, I've gone from album through to like stage three of. Do you understand what I'm saying? I've gone through to acoustic version I've gone through to vinyl how it's packaged and then I'm kind of going well we're going to do an album tour with the band but then if I do the acoustic I should probably do an acoustic tour of it shouldn't I because this is a whole different body of work and it feels different it's more vulnerable so why don't I present that to them and make what's a nice venue to do an, a good acoustic tour what about old churches that's really sacred space what would that feel like or libraries or Already I've gone like, now I'm into like the end of 2021 going into 22. And it's because I'm trying to put my target audience at the heart of my decisions. And I'm going, well, if I make this step, then I've got to make this step. Um, that's, just, that's just common sense to me. Um, there's no point in me investing money now if I haven't got a follow-up. Um, yeah, that, that's it. I think the, 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 other, the other, does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah it's so good. Life thing, um, and I think just FYI, the whole steps thing. I would love like there's so many, so many, because I, I mean there's this. I'm 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 not some spring chicken, eighteen year old kid. Like I've been doing this for a little bit for a while. Um, so even my my process and my perspective is different. Like I'm I'm building towards. I want to be an album artist. That's what I'm building towards. I'm not I'm not a singles artist. I'm trying to. When I'm like ten years time, I still want to be able to just do a little gig at Union uh, at Union Chapel. And, do you know what I mean? Um, but I, I think I think this is this point of what happens next and having a vision for the next two years, three years. I think it's important for people to grab a hold of so that any label that comes along, any management that comes along, they're buying into your vision. Um, yeah, it has to complement what you're already building. I can't stand it, and it's always it always goes down the pan when you see people who are building stuff, and then the label comes in. Yeah, you know that singer songwriter thing, drum and bass. Do drum and bass. That is that's just going to be a moment for you. You gotta know what you're about and know what you're building. And um, the second half of your question is how to put a live set together. Is that kind of way? Is that is that right? Yeah, how to do that really really well. Um, first and foremost, know where you're playing. Um. So, um, for example, if I if someone invites me to do a gig, like a showcase gig, there's four acts on the bill, um, and I know that, and I'm, and, I've, and I, this is going to sound super stalkerish, but please do not judge me. <laughs> if I see the four acts on the bill, and I'm I'm four, five, and I'll, I'll find out in a really non egotistical way. Where am I on the bill? Mm. Um, oh, I'm I'm second in, or I'm first on, or I'm second in. Say, yeah, there's one one before me, then me, then two others. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So that in my mind, and this might be a competitive thing, in my mind, I'm like, cool. I've got to make sure that whoever comes on after me, it's going to be really hard. 
And that sounds really... Listen, I, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. But I, that's honestly how I think. I go... Because cool. the thing is, mate, if there was four people on a night and it's all acoustic sets and Ed Sheeran was first on, you better believe the next three I'm not going on. <laughs> or Leanne Lehamas was first on. The next three, I don't care who you are, you're by the bar. <laughs> it's true. So why should we... Why should we dull it down? And so... But, but the difference between me and those guys or Leanne is I don't... I'm not relying on my talent. I'm just going, cool, well, how do I put this together so that it kills? So what I'll then do is, if it is that showcase thing, I'll be like, cool, less is more. That's always my go-to. I would rather go on there with just me and my guitar than try and go on there with, like, triggers and, like, SPDS. I'll be like, cool, no problem. And I remember there's a period in time where I'd be like, if I go into a room and there's maybe, like, 40 people in the crowd, bars over there in the back corner, it's a little bit busy, I'm second on. Ah, Jay Kaiser's cover. Cool. I'll be like, hmm. A cover that everyone knows. What about if I start acapella? So I'd stand up there and everyone's looking at this tall six foot four black guy awkwardly standing there. Doesn't say a word. Turn down the lights. Immediately, there's a response. You made us feel awkward and then you had the nerve to sing acapella. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to grab your attention, not just your, your mental or your, 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 your senses. I'm trying to grab your heart by the first song. So I sing something you know. I make you feel awkward for talking. I get your attention. Lend me your ears. Then after that first song, I say, hi, I'm Jake. I don't need to give you my full name. Introduce myself. Make, make you feel like... Well, we might as well be mates. I'm here for the next 10 minutes. Just like that, because I've chosen to see the people that I'm playing to as people rather than make this gig about me, I'm choosing to make decisions based on how to engage people rather than, oh, it's my moment, let me put my face on. <laughs> it, it changes the game. Do you understand what I'm saying? Um, it, it, it. That's why an Ed Sheeran can stand up, can go to Compton and do an open mic session there and everyone's going mad. And Jamie Foxx is going, yo, big up Ed Sheeran. <laughs> because you're, you're, you're making the show about people. And you know what? You see the Ed Sheerans and the Elena Hams when they start out. Ed will still make it about people when he's playing Wembley. For me, that's how I approach gigs. If you don't know me, first appearances... How do I get your attention? One person I really learned from, and I think it happened by accident, but I, 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 I was like a sponge around her, Cynthia Arriva. She studied at RADA. I used to be her MD when she was over here. We were mates. Um, and so I used to put her sets together, like her set list, and I'd do her arrangements. But what she knew was how to deliver. She was an actor. She's top of her, she's been, she's got Grammy, she's got, she's top of her as an actor. So she would come to the mic when I played for her. She'd stand to the side, look around the room like, I'm here. And then she'd sing. And she knew what she had in her voice. Me, I didn't have these. And I didn't have that. But I did have uh, an ability to learn. And I had a desire to meet people and engage people. And that's how I saw every gig. If it was a band gig, I'd approach it the same. If it was a festival, I knew the game was different. 
you know, sometimes you do these maybe like farm festivals or whatever. You approach it differently. But I hope that helps. Sorry, let me to go on. So it's essentially about a connection, really, is what you're talking about, about establishing a connection 100%. from the off. Just a quick reminder that we have a growing number of resources and useful videos on our YouTube page. Just search I Am Independent and you should find us. And do follow us on social media on Instagram at We Are Independent Artists and on Facebook under the same. Also on Facebook, you can join our closed group where we're creating community for independent artists to swap ideas, collaborate and just feel extra supported and encouraged. You can find links to everything we do on our website, www.iamindependent.co.uk. On that, and because you just mentioned it, like um, genuinely, you're one of the best festival artists I've ever seen um like I just yeah it's like if you had to have a playlist of festival artists you would be at the top and you mentioned there that it's slightly different um have you again is that something that you learned um what's your kind of technique or approach for making a festival gig because I feel like you can win so many fans over in a festival because they're not necessarily coming to see you but when you go to a festival, when you the feeling of discovering someone or seeing someone live for the first time, you never forget it, and you absolutely go and buy their music afterwards. Like that's probably one of the only things I've ever done is 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 at festivals doing that. So it it felt to me like you just had the crowd in your hand from from the moment uh, from the beginning to the end. But from your perspective, again, is that was that one of those things that you'd schooled and, and studied and learned? Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. So. I don't, I don't, Barney tweeted it the other day, Barney Art is a great rapper, he said, look, yo, you guys, you aspire to be like these artists, but you don't watch them on their stages. Every time, every year Glastonbury comes around, I watch the reruns. In fact, I'm watching reruns of Glastonbury when Glastonbury's not, like, I don't, I don't understand how we'd go and do a festival. Like, we'd go onto a battlefield and we'd not watch how someone else survived on that battlefield. It doesn't make sense to me. So I would watch people like, Hmm. I did. I remember when I when I was first allowed to do the other stage at Glastonbury. Imagine Dragons were on straight after me. That's wild. I don't know if if you've ever seen Imagine Dragons alive. Like they are they're throwing tambourines across the stage. It's mad. But the thing is, I realised because I'd soaked myself in Coldplay, they're the best festival. Like if you've ever been to a big arena, like I've never seen like fireworks pyrotechnics I've never seen it it's, it's ridiculous like I, I, I approach festivals that way like how can I give these people a shot I don't even have a lighting technician it's not even dark you know like sometimes it gets a little more special when it's night time it's not even dark I build my set like I program I program logic and I do my set list myself I remember once going to see 1975 at, um, at the O2 and they started their gig with white noise you know, like on a radio, they started the gig, which is like a fading in, like, and it's like, everyone's like, ah, 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 and then you just had, and it was like, ah. Like, you, like, you've got to channel that and be like, okay, we're aiming for adrenaline here. We're aiming for adrenaline. Without looking like an absolute moron, how do I shake a room and get people's attention? Um, I think it's, and that can be, Listen, I've seen classical singers do it at festivals. 
I'm, like I've seen it, it doesn't matter about your genre of music I've seen singer-songwriters do it um, it doesn't matter about your genre of music if you're at a festival take a, an amazing festival like Barn on the Farm and they go cool we give you a little slot here in this in this venue I don't know what the venue is no one's heard of you but they beat you up before you go on Two acts before, go and stand in the crowd. I always do it. Any room I'm in, I go and stand in the crowd and I look at the stage and I go, cool. So when we're up there, we need to make me, who's standing at the back of this room, feel a part of the show. Cool. Right. And from that moment, two acts in, I'll go up to the band and be like, hey, listen, we need to change that song around. Too many slow jams here. Chop that out. I might talk here. I'm not going to talk until the third song. Already I've... Grab a hold of the room before you can grab a hold of the room. Um, study, look at what your favourite acts are doing. Don't, there are no excuses when we have YouTube. It's ridiculous, like, like that, those are the two top, those, those are my thing, those are my thing. So those, good. Yeah. No, that's big. That's so, so, so good. Um, I had a question because you said something and I was like, oh, okay. Because um, you said, and it's going back about 15 minutes, um, you said something Sorry. about vulnerability and you said something about you, you're being vulnerable but not in a not in an uncomfortable way and I just thought is there a vulnerability in music that can be uncomfortable yes can you explain that is, so you said is there a vulnerability for me that can be uncomfortable that's funny because I was going to say can you be vulnerable and comfortable <laughs> but then yeah. I hate vulnerability <laughs> no but I'm saying is it uncomfortable for the listener because it sounded like you were saying you don't want to be too vulnerable because it's like it's uncomfortable to see that is that what you were saying Yes, I'm saying vulnerability, I think there's uncomfortable vulnerability and there's personal vulnerability. That's a metaphor. Does that make sense? Personable vulnerability is um, where we're having a conversation and then I bring up, yeah, man, man, my mental health, it's ups and downs, but I still can't. And then you're like, oh, man, you have that too. Yeah, I, I, that is personable. That is that enhances relationship. In fact, that stimulates relationship because we have a common theme. We have a we met halfway. In fact, I reach further than you did, and then you reach back. Whereas uncomfortable vulnerability is, I don't know. Let's let's just not go there just for the sake of this. Do you know what I mean? Like saying something which is like that's too much information, bro. No, <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, and so I think songs wise, learning to songs wise and performance wise, learning how to let someone let someone feel like they can get to know you like they can trust you that's what I'm aiming at to say a statement like um, um, I said there's a song I'm writing at the moment um, I've written which is like the, the hook is um, um, an uncomfortable way of saying the hook is uh, oh my gosh um, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of where I said it um, Oh, every time I see you, every time I see you, I go mushy. It's like, bro, man up, allow it. Um, but the way I am saying it is, I've only got eyes for you. That's still quite like, okay, but mushy, using the word mushy already is like, bro, we're not there yet. Like, you don't need to tell me how you feel like that. And that's how I see it. That might be nothing to you. That, you guys might use mushy all the time. But for me, saying I've only got eyes for you is a lot more I feel like it's more it's polite vulnerable rather than overreaching vulnerable. 
That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I don't know if I see it the same way, um, no, I but I I understand. <laughs> maybe because you're maybe because you're you're in your process of vulnerability. Do you know what I mean? You're just not all the way there yet. But I, I um, maybe. But I do think that. I, I do think that being super vulnerable in a creative, poetic, musical way, like it, it just gives permission. I mean, but maybe, but I think it has to be authentic to where you're at for it to yeah. connect that way. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So, um, don't overreach. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I also think that being vulnerable is uncomfortable. I think it's almost meant to be, but. The flip side of it is being vulnerable is powerful, so it's it's uncomfortable, um, but some but not to be confused with being weakness, which is what I definitely know in the past I've definitely done, but it's incredibly powerful um, to be vulnerable, but it also might be um, uncomfortable even for the person hearing it because sometimes we don't want to hear about the things that are uncomfortable and vulnerable, just like what's happened you know, like we were talking about earlier with the Black Lives Matter movement, that makes, it's making a lot of people feel uncomfortable right now. And I think we, we were talking about it on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. And I was just talking about how I've been encouraging people to lean into discomfort. I think that beautiful things come out of us leaning into discomfort because growth um, is painful and messy and life is painful and messy and um, vulnerability is usually messy but the most powerful beautiful things come out of it and I I admire songwriters who do that and obviously I'm slightly speaking from bias here because I've had a sneak preview of some of the songs you're writing at the moment and they absolutely do that they like absolutely make you feel seen in you know an uncomfortable scenario and what I mean by that is when I listen to some of your music, and even the the past songs, well, not just the new ones, then it makes an uncomfortable part of me feel seen. And that, as a, although I've just described that as sounding like a negative thing, there's something powerful and healing about that. I, I suppose when you, I suppose in the context of performance, when you have twenty minutes to win a crowd of seventy people who don't know you, and you're on a showcase of four other people, like no. Know, know, know your place. Like, know, present yourself. Present yourself in a way which you can still have a drink by the bar afterwards and people feel like, wow, that was great. You were honest and you were vulnerable um, without, over, like, overreaching. And that, that's, that's what I'm saying. In the context, you know, it's, the same, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. I suppose that's, that's what I'm kind of coming down to. I, 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 I never want to... I never want to be vulnerable to the point of pushing someone away. Rather, I want to be vulnerable to the point of reaching someone. No, I hear that. It's good, bro. It's good. <laughs> We've been chatting for a long time. It's been great, though. It hasn't felt long, but the clock is telling me that we've been talking for a while. Um, I had a, uh, just a quick thing. Like, what's what's been a highlight for you so far? Maybe career-wise, but also maybe in the last season maybe lockdown what's been your lockdown highlight lockdown highlight um this album it's like just just writing writing music on my own in my room in my spare room it's been great it's been 
yeah, it's been great. I loved it. I'm loving it. Hmm. What about your career highlights so far? I know it's hard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a, career, a career highlight. Um, uh, I don't really have one, if I'm honest. I don't really have one. Um, I've had like various milestones, like, oh, okay. Oh, now I've done that. Oh, now I've done that. I've never had like a, OMG, this is amazing. Um, but a moment that you've really enjoyed then like a moment that you've been like I really enjoyed doing that or that they, you know something something's got to stick out to me like that was so fun or that yeah, really I, did, I felt something yeah I did enjoy um, my, first, my debut album tour mm. um, that was like a full on maybe 13 man crew on a tour bus going around Europe playing gigs um, and then I think that year was actually quite quite a lot of fun we became family so we did that did about 18 gigs around Europe 30 of us on the bus and then we came back straight off that and did like an Elton John Stadium tour um, that was that was cool like, as in like being around being around family as in like my band um, and my team and my tour managers and whatnot. that was super, that was really good that was a good time um, but, um, and I was super grateful but it wasn't like a, oh this is it do you know what I mean oh, I no. think I think it was just it was just a good it was a great time hanging out with people um, it doesn't feel like work when it's a family you may have answered this um, but on the flip side from what B said not necessarily the hardest thing but what um, what have been your biggest lessons that you've learned so far that you would want to pass on to another independent artist so that you just would want them to know about this artist life and journey um there's always more to you there's always more you do one thing and you're like oh my gosh this is amazing trust me the next thing you do will be amazing and the thing after that and then you leave and look back and be like yeah that wasn't all that like there's always more to you um and the moment you embrace that the moment you, you 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 understand your creativity is limitless, um, and you can move a lot quicker down that process. You can you can you can progress quicker, and because you're not afraid to take risk. And as a great saying, nothing extraordinary happens without risk. Um, I think that's that's the main thing, if anything. Um, and then the second thing is um, anything you want to do, whether it be the live thing. Um, whether it be what not, check out best practice. Always check out best practice. So there, if you're watching this now, if someone's watching this now, you're here because you want to check out best practice. Do that at every level. Songwriting, gigs, check out best practice. Don't have your bar as the people that you're doing life with. No, look at the people that you can look up to. And then when you get there, look up again. Um, best practice, it's, it's just one of those things it grows you, it stretches you, it builds you. Um, and I said it before, there's always someone working hard on you. So um, keep pushing. Um, um, it's been awesome. Thank you for coming on for the long chat. Um, tell us what's coming up, Where, um, what things are you excited about doing? I know you've got an album coming out, but like, yeah, what have you got coming up? What should be people be looking out for? 
I'm working. I'm about to send off a single tonight, actually, um, to to be mixed for a little single called Brother, which I've done with a couple of artists that I'm managed by, but that I'm managed by that I'm managed with by my manager. So basically, you two, um, <laughs> uh, and um, and it just kind of speaks into the whole um, racial injustice narrative, um, but with a, with a with more of a more of a looking forward perspective, uh, more of a, a, a reflective, uh, yeah, looking forward perspective to it. Um, so yeah, angle on it. So I'm um, yeah, really looking forward to that, and that'll probably be my last, um, like my own my last song for, for for now. And there's a few collaborations which I've been working on um, in different territories, but that'll probably be the last thing for me for now until. Um, so I'm looking forward to chilling, wrapping up this album. Hopefully, again, my team like it and go from there. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for the Thank chat. You. It's been good. And don't forget to sign up to our mailing list where you'll receive a free 10-day guide especially designed to inspire and equip independent music artists with some really useful, practical and inspirational resources. Sign up at www.iamindependent.co.uk For more great content from I Am Independent, find us on social media at We Are Independent Artists. Check out our Spotify playlist for new music from independent artists. Search We Love Independent Music. <laughs>